1: And we are coming to you live from the and Loans studios powered by Rocket Mortgage. and Loans, National Mortgage Lender, apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855 212 Send the tweets, send hot at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Everything's thrown into a tizzy today. Headphones are messed up, the whole thing's messed up, and to, and to cap things off, I don't even get to have a whole lot of fun to start off the show. Because we're going to start off with boiling hot takes. Because Colin Kaepernick settled his grievance yesterday. The NFL and Colin Kaepernick settled their grievance yesterday. No, we don't know the amount of money. If you follow Mike Freeman on Twitter, the venerable NFL writer, he says it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to $80 million. You see, if, if we want to work backwards, if you're a conspiracy theorist, If it is in the neighborhood of sixty to eighty million dollars, that makes the twenty million dollar figure that was announced yesterday morning, or was leaked yesterday morning to the Associated Press, that makes that more viable. Let me explain to you why. When that story first came out, my first thought was, "Well, you know, he's he can't if it's twenty million dollars." And I was just going off the Associated Press article. Okay, if it's twenty million bucks, if he wants twenty million bucks. One, yeah, it's probably leaked to make him look bad by somebody. But on the other end, it would have to be money that would cover the investment of what he could get from his grievance with the NFL. Because when you have an active grievance against something and you're not playing, you're not going to play, and they're not offering you contracts, at least to what you feel is is commiserate with your skills. This is the entire point of the grievance. If, if that were to be the case, then you can't play football because... If you're in an active court proceeding, any football he were to play could be used against him. So the entire thought of this with Colin Kaepernick over the last couple of years has been he's a starting quality quarterback. And he is gotten a couple of little different Nibbles here and there with Denver. The Seahawks talked about it more on that in a second. Baltimore, Miami, it was a little bit of a a little one of those little rumors there, but you didn't really hear too much. The Seahawks was where it seemed to be most plausible. And then Pete Carroll says, "Yeah, you know, it's just not right for us. And then he says, well, he is a starting caliber quarterback. When Pete Carroll says that, that's used against the NFL. He can start in the league, but he's not going to play for us. Oh, okay. All right. When you say that, that's ammo for Colin Kaepernick for his, for his court proceeding, whether you like it or not. We're going by what can be argued here and what can't be argued here. So when he's arguing that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, his last year of salary was $14.3 million. So now you have to file that grievance and effectively sue the NFL for that amount of money of what you what you are missing out on as a starting caliber quarterback. We use different examples for that. Tyrod Taylor's contract of $30 million has been used. A couple of other contracts has been used, and rightfully so. So for Colin Kaepernick, when it's 60 to $80 million, according to what Mike Freeman tweeted out earlier today, then it makes the $20 million figure seem legitimate. Because for Colin Kaepernick himself, he cannot take a discount. Your entire case is on whether or not you're a starting-level quarterback. Well, Ken, what if he plays and he does really, really well? What if he plays and he doesn't do very, very well? It's been almost three years. I know he's probably practiced at some point, maybe. Do we really expect him to stay sharp? What if he gets hurt? He was hurt before. Well, you see, he's an injury-prone quarterback. Well, there's no room at the end for injury, injury-prone quarterbacks. And you could say that's all BS, but these are reasonings that are used by the employer. That's what his whole argument was about, is that there's collusion with the owners, which I don't think... And this is the problem that I had with the collusion. It's hard to tell me that you needed to get all the owners together who are on average about 80-year-old white people and to tell them that they colluded against Colin Kaepernick. To me, and it doesn't make it right, I kind of thought it would probably be standard. As sad as that is, that's the truth. 80-year-old people who grew up in a different generation. You have the Ford family where the matriarch of that family is 93 years old. Mrs. McCaskey is in her 90s as well. These are people who grew up in a different generation. I mean, we need to understand that. With with the NBA, you have 50-something NBA owners. There's a couple old guys out there, but you have 50-something NBA owners. You have guys like... You have guys like like Mark down in, down in Dallas who, yeah, you know, he, he went to college and he might have smoked a little dope here and there. Well, the guys who are NFL owners, that was seen as the devil's lettuce back then. Well, they don't make a big deal about hitting wives. They don't make a big deal about pills. They don't make a big deal about alcoholism because that stuff was kind of, and this is sick to say, but you know it's true, that was kind of standard. And if anybody knows a grand grandfather who's still out there who was running around in the 1960s, you would probably understand the same thing. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s—that stuff was not talked about, and it was kind of understood in their level. Again, all this isn't uh, isn't condoning; it's just the truth of what the matter was. So when you're telling me that the settlement, according to this from Mike Freeman, was 60 to 80 million dollars. Well, then it makes that $20 million figure that both sides have come out and said that wasn't even close, but it makes that figure more reasonable. I don't think it was really that figure. It seems to be a bit much considering, what is it, the entire payroll, of the entire AAF throughout eight teams is is less than $20 million. So I would have to say that that's probably a bit far-fetched. Regardless, any football he were to play were to be used against him. And what happened yesterday with Colin Kaepernick is still an extension of what's gone on previously. I don't think he'll ever play NFL football again. Some people disagree, they think he's going to be signed. I don't know why. If say the figure is sixty to eighty million. Say it's sixty. Why? Why if you're the NFL, you've already paid him his money in the settlement. Why would you go back to that? You've used all these different reasons. You're only going to make yourself look worse. Well, he's not necessarily a drop-back quarterback. Well, you see, he's not necessarily the backup-style quarterback. You've heard every single reason for it. Every time an Austin Davis was signed, you heard all the reasons for it. Well, you're going to use all those reasons a couple years ago before you paid him an undisclosed amount of money, but let's go with a, a major figure, whatever major figure you can think of. But they paid him an undisclosed amount of money. Now you're going to sign him? No, not in the NFL. I'd be very surprised. In fact, I'd be shocked if Colin Kaepernick were to ever play NFL football again. What Colin Kaepernick is, is he's no longer a professional football player. He hasn't been a professional football player for some time. Really, he's now a professional activist. And some people are going to take this the wrong way. Don't take it the wrong way. Because this is, for Colin Kaepernick and for his cause, it's good business. Because... When this move was made, when the settlement is made, it's a win for Colin Kaepernick. He will now always be known. No matter what I say, no matter what you say, he's always going to be known as the guy who took on the NFL and won. A settlement for him is a win. It forever solidifies his cause. Not justifies, justifies a strong word. There are plenty of people out there that believe that what he did His protest was completely justified because of police brutality within our ranks here in in not just America, but pretty much all over the world, but especially here in the United States. So to say they're justified, mm, that's a slight to a lot of people. To say they're solidified, absolutely. That solidifies his stance within the NFL, within popular culture. I don't think he could ever, 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 ever play in the AAF or the XFL or CFL or any other league other than the NFL. He could never give the NFL a chance to prove that he wasn't capable. And now, if you see him forever, and he is a professional activist, and I'll explain more of that here in a second. If he is a professional activist, it is only in his best interest, but really it's always in his cause's best interest that over the last couple of years and into the future, every single time a bad quarterback is signed, every single time an Austin Davis is brought in, every single time a Blaine Gabbard or a Chase Daniel or any one of these guys who are not as good as what Colin Kaepernick is, they will always be compared to Colin Kaepernick. Every time a guy is signed who committed one of the big, big things that we'd say no to here in America when it comes to domestic violence or domestic assault or or, or assault on a woman in general. Anytime one of these guys are, are signed and given an opportunity in the NFL, they're immediately compared to Colin Kaepernick. These are wins for Colin Kaepernick. These are wins for his cause. He gets that publicity. And for the money that's given to him from this settlement plus the money that he has with Nike, which at some point... There is going to probably be a crossroads with him and that company because anytime you're backed up by a corporation, there's always going to be something where you cross the line to them and they're going to say no. And he's going to have to make a choice whether or not that he's going to be an activist or whether or not he's going to be a pitch man. You can guarantee yourself that. But what this does, when I say solidify his position, it makes him a professional activist. You have to be a businessman. Colin Kaepernick and the people behind him had to be business people here. They had to stick this out. They had to see this through. It's only good for his cause. You have to fight for your cause, obviously, and you also have to be able to make a living. And you also have to be able to put yourself at the forefront and be able to be a comfortable living after that. You see everything else out there. You've seen every single cause in American history. There has been a figurehead out there that has always led that cause. Very few of them have been poor, and they all have to live. And now this is his occupation raising funds, living off those funds, giving funds out to causes that he deems fit, living from this. This is now his professional business. The only difference is, is that, hey, I'm 32, Colin Kaepernick's 31. I'll, I'll give him credit. I think he's got guts to do it because the rest of his life is a controversy now. If I live to be an old man, there's going to be a time where a lot of us, we want to be left alone after a while. We kind of want to retire and, and, and get out of the fight. And you could say that's wrong. That's usually what a young man says. But as time goes on, hey, outrage and protest is a young person's pursuit. It takes a special person to do that their entire lives. Colin Kaepernick just signed up for that his entire life. This will always follow him. A man who played in a Super Bowl in sports' biggest stage will always be remembered for what came after. Why wasn't he playing in more? What happened after that? It will always be in the history books. So the rest of his life, whether Colin Kaepernick lives for another five years or for another hundred years, it's all controversy. So that's what he has to go with for the rest of his life. But if you're willing to go through this, it seems that he'll probably have no problem doing so. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven, I don't think he's ever gonna play in the NFL again. I don't think he wanted to play in the NFL over the last couple of years. You reach a point of no return. You reach a point where you wanna win your argument. And for him, if he was willing to do this in the first place, and some people, I think, got this mixed up because they called him a fraud, and I'll tell you at 1035, 1040, hey, Colin Kaepernick's a lot of things, both good and not so good, and I'll, I'll explain that. He's not a fraud. If you're willing to put your professional life at risk like he did and and his professional life like he did, you're all in on that. And that tells me you're ready to never play football again. And there comes a point where I don't think he wanted to play football. 855 cbs So, what do you think, and will he ever play football again? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855 212 4CBS. 855 212 Send the tweets, send him hot at Ken Carmen, C A R M A N. I got to get to the calls here. Tom, you got to promise me I can bring that up with you later. Okay? You got to promise. Because if we're going to be this superficial on a date. I think I got to ask more about not me and Tom. I mean, you know, maybe someday. But uh, if we're going to be this superficial on a date, I have many questions, and I'm going to have to out somebody. I'm sorry. To eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. It just it, it it. I need to know how they would know on a date for Valentine's Day. I got to know. That's coming up a little bit later because now I just got to talk about it. All right, talking Colin Kaepernick. We won't talk Colin Kaepernick the entire show. I got stuff on Joe Flacco. I got stuff on the I got stuff on the Lakers and LeBron and how. Man, he figured out a way to ruin two teams at once. It's a fantastic job by LeBron. You want to talk about some of the old-timers. I know that Michael got to the the Pacers and to the Pistons, and he got to the Knicks, and I know he did that stuff, but to be able to ruin two teams at once, I think you're short-sighting LeBron on this. But back to Colin Kaepernick. Let me get to Gary in Rocky Top, Tennessee. Gary, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Hey, good morning, Ken. First of all, I hope all you guys out there survived Valentine's Day without making your, your lady in your life go into her pre-vent defense, if you know what I mean. Hey, uh, oh, my God. I think I know what Colin Kaepernick's future is going to be. Uh, first of all, he's going to keep himself in the spotlight. He's going to run for Congress in a liberal Democrat district, which is easy to find these days. And he represents all the uh, liberal socialist policies that seem to be trending these days. So so this guy's going to be a, a CNN superstar. So that's, that's what I think he's going
1: to end up doing Gary that's a hell of a call and I thank you very much for making it eight five five two and two four CBS I don't think politics are out of his uh out of his category for the future I don't think politics are out of it at all now everything else is a little bit far-fetched but uh that one I I don't think that it's out of this but, uh, out of the uh, realm of possibility for him Pat in northern Wisconsin Pat your neck I can't click on pat for whatever reason this is just going wonderful Pat do we have you
0: I have a real quick comment and anyway, I, when I was in the army during the Vietnam era, I was in Fort Sill, Oklahoma and I had a, we had a black kid from Memphis Tennessee, that we hung around with as eight white guys and one black kid. He also had a brother in in Vietnam that got killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as his brother got killed in Vietnam, this kid wanted to go to Vietnam. So anyway, we had a kind of a party for him, a going away party, if you might, you could call it that. and. We went into a lot in Oklahoma to the public swimming pool. He got kicked out of the public swimming pool because he was black. Here's a kid that uh, brother died, and he's willing to. And uh, now, he's, he's, he, but he, he, had a, he, he had a mission. Ka- Kaepernick, in my opinion, had a mission. Uh, he stood up for what he thought was right. And the people that are judging him are people like Rush Limbaugh, uh, Sean Hannity. These guys are all draft dodging cowards. Um, they, they never stood up for anything in their lives except trying to get people mad at each other. Oh, Pat, so I, Pat, think Pat. That, I think Stay that with me, stay with
1: me, stay to, with me, stay the, with me. The key me. to the Pat, whole thing. Pat, Pat, now, don't make it a quick comment. Stay with me here for a second, okay? Um, guys like me, now there are a few guys out there. I think there's a host in Atlanta. He's a veteran. Uh, but mostly guys like me, we're all barking no bite. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah. Like every memorial, every, every, and I'm serious about this. Every Memorial Day and every 4th of July, I end up doing this show. And I will always say that there are guys out there, including the guy I'm going to hang out with later on today, uh, they had more guts than I did. And so, guys like me, we like to sit here and we cast judgment, we cast aspersions on it when we really have no clue. This, is, this should be for the sake of entertainment. What people mess up on, and they make a lot of money doing it, obviously, but what people mess up on is that they talk about themselves as if their word is the law or they were talked to directly from the Lord above, and that is wrong. What we do is entertainment. So what I say, it should always be taken. Yes, I'm trying to influence you, Pat. I'm trying to make you maybe just consider something the other way. But what I say, I'll never claim as gospel and shouldn't be claimed as gospel, but some radio show hosts do. Go ahead, Pat.
0: No, I I'm I, I don't think you've done anything wrong. I think I, I give you credit for just talking about it, and you're going to talk about something else. It's part of a sports show. I agree with that. But I, the only thing I was concerned about, and I am concerned about, the the people that are really judging him have not mm. walked in his shoes. You know, I mean, they they really haven't, and and I think until you've walked in somebody's shoes. And, and see what they're going through, I, don't judge them, you know? I mean, take uh, a look at both sides and then go from there. That's, I'll tell that's you what, my Pat. comment.
1: Yep, Pat, and I thank you very much. I, I think you're asking people to do something I don't know if they're capable of doing anymore, and that's trying to see both sides. I, I tried to. When I when he first did it, let me be totally honest, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Where I come from, and I know what I just said, but where I come from, yes, The National Anthem before games meant things. It it meant you stand there in attention, and it wasn't always that way. My co-host in the morning, he's from about 60 miles away from where I'm from. We grew up five years apart from each other, but 60 miles apart from each other. The National Anthem before games, this is pre-9-11. Kids would mess around. They'd goof off. It, It wasn't that type of thing. Where I'm from. You stood there, and if you did anything during the national anthem, we had a kid at an eighth-grade basketball game who to get on the microphone at halftime and apologize to the crowd for goofing off during the national anthem. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who could tell the same stories on both sides. See, because it means something different for all of us. To some people, it is. It's, it's something you do before the game. It's just that's tradition, and that's the way it is. For a lot of other people, it means something different. For him, it meant something totally different as well. I had to recognize, and I was spitting mad when he first did it. I couldn't believe it. I go, one, I got to talk about this crap. The second thing is that he's sitting down during the national anthem when we're talking about what guys have sacrificed for the national anthem. I said that. I did have to realize about mm, 20 minutes later, it takes a big set to do that and for people to recognize that and to get guys like me thinking differently and being very angry about that and having to reassess how I feel about these issues. Because no matter what, and this is why he's in history forever, no matter what, we're discussing it. We've discussed it many times. I don't like to go off on great big long shows about it because when we first talked about it, it started to become something completely different. And again, we've had two calls. Two calls, one blaming liberals, the other one blaming Staunch Republican conservatives. It becomes a political thing right down the line. When I basically said at the very beginning, is Colin Kaepernick going to play NFL football again? What do you think of Colin Kaepernick in the settlement of the NFL? I didn't ask to blame liberals. I didn't ask to blame conservatives. I didn't ask to blame Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I didn't ask to blame Clay Travis, who's become the Tommy Lauren of, of sports. I didn't do any of that. But here we are. And that's why it started to tax, and that's why some of it and if Colin Kaepernick's smart, he'll continue to put himself out there and try to keep himself on message because everything has started to wash away, started to get shallower more shallow as time has gone on, started to get uglier as time has gone on, and it's become obscenely political from where he was going from eight five five two one two four cBS eight five five two one two four two two seven but, yeah, guys who do this, it should be entertainment purposes only. Sadly, a lot of us have forgot about that. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, Colin Kaepernick's a lot of things. Good? Not so good. But he's not a fraud. This is the Ken Carman Show. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Hey, there's great news. You go to Geico, you go to geico.com, 15 minutes. You'd say fifty percent or more on car insurance. It's it's an incredible service that they have over there, Geico. Coming up at one twenty p.m. Eastern, Darius Miles, former NBA basketball player, actor. He's a double threat guy. Is he? Is he a musician? Tom. Is he a musician? We, is he a musician? He'd be a triple threat guy. Let me get this off my chest. Can I say this before we go to go back to the Kaepernick calls? Can we do this, Tom? Please. All right. How was your, th- how was, your- I almost said Thanksgiving. How was your, how was your Valentine's Day?
2: Uh, Pretty low key, just the way I like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you guys do anything? We're not, we're
2: not big into that. No, we're about to go on vacation. So oh. that's kind of like our gifts to each other. Are you guys going like
1: Ireland or something? Italy. Where are you going? Italy. Italy. Oh, man. Big one. Well, yeah. Your last name, it's certainly of uh, German descent. Um, What about uh, Shep? Shep, what'd you do? I worked. And that was it. Yeah. All right. Well said, Shep. <laughs> I mean, you really, you, you get right down to it there. And that's what we like about you, bud.
2: Thanks, Ken. I'm trying to be you one day, so I got to no. I I grind you when
1: I can. <laughs> Fabulous. I have a friend who, she used to work here and, uh, at, at the station I'm at in Cleveland. And I couldn't help it this morning. And I, I want you guys to help me with this. Because she says, one of the most attractive things a guy can do on a date is tip over 20% after our meal. Seriously, it wins me over every time. And I'm looking at my phone when I woke up this morning, I'm scrolling through and I'm scrolling through and I'm thinking, wait a minute, are you looking at the bill after it's signed or do you expect the guy to be like, hello, I'm tipping over 20% now? Like I didn't understand Tom, where this comes from here. Can you help me out? Yeah. That's a new one to me too. Yeah.
2: How do you get that information? Are you because actually do- grabbing the bill after it's signed to look at it? I can't yeah. imagine that
1: happening. So it's like, well, d- did you do Do you, do you try to take a sneak peek? What do you do? How do you know that he's tipped over 20%? Do you do do the math on the menu before you do? Like some places they they have, the prices are right there. So do you look at what he ordered first and try to do the math in your head about how much he should be tipping? Is that how that works? I guess. And then you're just locked in as he's writing it down. You're just like locked into what he's writing. I guess so. I guess so. Because that's exactly right. I guess you have to figure out exactly what he put down there.
2: Can I offer my insight on this, Ken? You please. So, okay, so here's my thing, right? Yes, chef. When you throw down cash, it shows that you've worked those odd jobs before because they so much appreciate cash more than a credit card. And therefore, and it's a dual purpose, right? Then they can tell based on what they order, they have a feel for the restaurant. They can tell when it's over 20% that way because it's a lot more visible. And it shows that you care about your fellow men and women who are doing the grunt work in this society.
1: So you want to pay in cash. Most people don't carry cash, though, anymore.
2: Uh, a tip, Ken. Yeah, always always tip with cash. That's always my best tip with for ca- guys. Yes.
1: See, okay, now that's a great piece of advice. Let me tell you about this. I'm going to leave names out of this real quick, and then we'll get back to serious Colin Kaepernick talk. Um, when I was in college, there was a restaurant. I went to college at the University of Akron. There was a restaurant uh, in the area. is called Chapel Hill on Howell Road. And we used to go there all the time. And I tipped with cash once. All right? Now, a week later my dad goes, "What's this?" He goes, "Why did you spend this much at this restaurant?" And it's not that nice of a restaurant. It's a, it's a chain restaurant here, but just go in, you sit down, they they have pie and all that stuff. And I go, "I didn't I didn't put that there." And he goes, "Well, that's what it says." And I'm looking back and I looked at the date and I go, "Oh my god." And I had to go back up there because this is one of the fears. I had to go back up there and get the manager, and then the manager really wouldn't talk about it, so I decided to get louder, and this is back when I was 21, 22 years old, and I didn't care, so I was getting progressively louder into embarrassing the manager because I felt ripped off because they had just written in their own tip. When I had tipped with cash, do you get what I'm saying here, Shep? Yeah, I mean, I you got taken advantage of it, yeah. Exactly, I paid with the card, and I tipped with cash. And because I tipped with cash, they just put more on it, and then that was the end of it. Now I'm getting people. I guarantee you, are guess which restaurant it is. I'm not even looking at it. I'm not telling you which one it is. Don't even start. But I had to go back there, and I I ended up getting a free pie out of it. But you know, that's nice. neither here nor there. But still, I felt ripped off about that. That's why I've always been afraid. If if it's if everything's in cash, then everything's in cash, and I've done that. But I've ever since that moment, I've been no no. If it's if it's with card then I'm sorry you are getting your tip with a card. I bet I'm not the only person that's happened to. Do you get what I'm saying, Shep?
2: Yeah, totally agree. And, and, Ken, and I know you've thought of this, but but my yes. also advice to that and insight would be put the total amount, put zero, zero in the tip. Therefore, they cannot forge their own signature or number when it comes to your payment.
1: That's true, and I, I, there's times where you don't necessarily think about that, but you try not to be a jerk about it too, don't you? Don't you?
2: I think cash goes a long way, yeah. Ken, as you know.
1: Speaking of this, we'll get to the Matt Kuchar stuff coming up in a little bit. Eight five five two one two four cbs Okay, I wanted to know today, and I, I know that it's going to go to an absurd level, but is Colin Kaepernick going to play football again? And what did you think of this entire moment? Because I, I still think this is a win for Colin Kaepernick. It solidifies, not justifies, that's a different word, and it should be taken a different way. It solidifies his stance. A settlement's a win for Colin Kaepernick. He never plays football again. I don't think, I can't imagine the NFL where you were willing to take it to this far of a level where he's going to file a grievance with him and Eric Reed. They file a grievance with you. You have not given him an opportunity since now that this is filed. If we're to believe what Mike Freeman wrote, that this could be a 60 to 80 million dollar settlement. And again, these are reports as we learned yesterday. We don't always want to take the report for that. But if it's in the sixty to eighty million dollar range, why would you play? Why would they sign him again? That's the entire point of it. So you go through this all, you pay the guy a a legend, sixty to eighty million bucks, still good money, regardless. Probably anywhere from I would say anywhere from ten to eighty. You take your pick, still great money. Now you're going to sign him? I, I don't. I don't see that being possible. And for Colin Kaepernick. What's the connotation for you if you go back to the NFL? Remember, now, you, you can't just be a regular athlete that endorses products now, that, that wants to be about fun, that wants to be about entertainment. That's not what that's about anymore for Colin Kaepernick. You're about something now. You're about something very serious. You're about something that is polarizing. By the first two calls that we took, you're about something that's polarizing in America. So you now have to be careful about where you take your money from what decisions you make because that can be used against you because now what you do is political now what you do is in the public spotlight for every tom dick and harry out there it's not just a sports fan who's a consumer it's everybody and for you because you have to be a good business person to be a good philanthropist and to be a good fundraiser and to be good with charity you have to do that i i don't begrudge colin kaepernick for that for his cause i don't but you have to remain cognizant of what's there but there's been a lot of things that have been said about Colin Kaepernick over the last 24 hours. And one of the things that did bother me, there's things that are good about Colin Kaepernick. He does make us talk in America. He has made us affect change across different country, across, the, across the country, across different towns, and how we, we look at different things for the good and for the bad. I think now more than ever, we are questioning our tactics with our police officials. I think we've seen some more guys double clutch, sadly, because of what's happened in the past. I think that we run the risk of having fewer good cops out there on the street because a lot of rational thinking, very smart people might be afraid of this because of what's going on. That's not a good thing, and that only continues to further the problems that we have in our society. But if we can have a conversation about it, he's done good things. There's been the things that haven't been so great. If you had an opportunity to play, Seattle offered you something. Denver, from what we, what we know, offered you something. Baltimore had talked about it before. You didn't take those opportunities. That, to me, tells you that you're, tells me that you're not going to play football again. But one of the things that come from this, when people hear that, well, Denver offered him something, Seattle offered him a chance to play, Baltimore or Baltimore offered him a chance to play, Miami might have offered him a chance to play, all these teams might have offered him a chance to play. We don't necessarily know what type of great chance. And the other part of it is that we hear that and we still hear, well, then he's a fraud. Can't call him a fraud. I think that when you when you sit down during the national anthem, and when I first saw that, I was incensed. Because it means a lot. But when you do that, it takes guts. Because you're in the hornet's nest now forever. There will always be people who can't stand you for what you've done, for what you stand for, or what you sit for, for for those reasons, you are always going to be there. It's not like what we do. It's not like what other guys do. Take John Elway, for instance. John Elway's not made some great decisions as as the general manager of the Denver Broncos. I just look at a guy who's basically connected. I come from Cleveland, Ohio. Now, in Cleveland, Ohio, John Elway's name has been mud on the football field because of what John Elway did. People couldn't stand John Elway, and people still make jokes about John Elway, and people still want John Elway, have wanted John Elway to fail as a general manager. But there's a respect there, and when he went into the Hall of Fame in Canton, my buddy's dad, who was the greatest Browns fan I've ever known, and would sit there cussing him out just like anybody else, stood and applauded. I hated him as a player. He's a great quarterback, not a bad guy. That came out of his mouth. You don't get that luxury now because you've crossed over from player to public person, to a person who's an activist, to a professional activist. So I can call Colin Kaepernick a lot of things. I can't call him a fraud. 855 cbs Let me get to Don in Michigan. Don, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I um... agree. I, I think you make good insights. I don't. I don't think he's going to play again. Um, I think it's a win for him, of course. Um, but I just, from a perspective, if I'm an owner, I think I don't hear a lot of the people just speaking rationally that if I'm an owner, I could say I don't want him on my team. It, you know, this is an entertainment product. Their their job. You know, they're trying to make money. They're selling tickets. They're selling it, and it brings controversy. And it brings all that on the field, where um, I think that's the free choice that owners have. And, um I think just people and people are making a lot of assumptions I think about the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I Don you're so right. I don't, I don't you're, hear you're, that side I guess. Don you're 1000% right and this is why they won't do it and thank you very much for the call. You know I I'll, I'll talk about Cream Hunt at some point today. But we had those shows here in Cleveland for two days, and there were some people who were obviously extremely upset, and we took those calls. There were some people who were saying, eh, what's the big deal? This is the NFL. And to be frank with you, I was one of those people. I knew that the NFL would allow him to play at some point, and I thought he was a good running back, and I know that John Dorsey had a relationship with him previously, and I thought, man, it would probably make a lot of sense to put a weapon like that on your football team. And the NFL knows that. The NFL knows because it's been proven, and this is enabling it. It's absolutely true, and it's a little hypocritical by myself but I'll admit it, is we've proven time and time again that we'll be outraged today about other things that happen. But on Sunday, those outrageous takes, those that anger, that vitriol about that, that all gets drowned out by the crowd that's in the stadium. We're willing to overlook that. This, we haven't been willing to overlook. This has caused, and, and it's been used politically, obviously, but this has caused great conversation, strong conversation, division within families, division with people who, who used to be NFL fans or are still leery of it, who say they're leery of it. Regardless, there's been a lot of grandstanding because of Colin Kaepernick and what he did or what he didn't do during the National Anthem. This is totally different. And so you if you sign him, if you sign Kareem Hunt or you sign, if it, when Dallas signed Greg Hardy or even, you know what, when Roberto Asuna got signed by the... By the Houston Astros, there were people who were angry for a couple of days. And then they go out and they win, and it changes the perception of what those people are and those teams are. This, this carries a lot. And if you don't think that he's going to be a starting quarterback, and the time he gets longer, we're talking three years since he's really played. If we're going on three years and he's only going to be a backup, backups are to be seen and not heard. And honestly, you hope you don't even see him. So there's no way I think he plays again. Yaki in Indianapolis, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Ken, so Kaepernick is, you know, he stands for oppression, Black Lives Matter, all that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This man was so oppressed that he just was oppressed in the $40 million. So, yeah, do do I think he's a fraud? You're damn right I do. Do I think he's a hypocrite? You're damn right. Because he he made money. Because he got country of ours. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He made money. he, He made money from his grievance. He fought a grievance. Okay. So what's 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 hypocritical? This horrible country of ours, Ken. This uh, oh, it's know, not a horrible country. country.
0: you know, poor Colin Kaepernick. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, oh no. he just
2: made forty million dollars. Oh Yacky. man, wow, what a, what a
1: horrible country. Now oh, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. No, I, I I understand what you're saying there. The country, and and if they were to say the country's horrible, there's a lot worse places to live, and I think even those folks know that. Okay. Uh, The other part of it is that he feels that it will affect change. Now, if he goes and he hides, if he hides and takes that money, Yaki, he will have people on his own side calling him out. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. That's the life of him as an activist, Yaki, and thank you very much for the call. He can't just take whatever million dollars it was. Again, we're hearing that it's a a bunch of different numbers. Say it is $40 million. He can't just take that and sit there and, and never do anything again. You're a professional activist now. So he'll have people call him out. Now, when you're, active, when you're a person who's an activist, you have to be a good businessman. This was a beautiful way for him to infect his cause with cash. That's an outlet that he saw. He used it. He exposed it, to, exploited it to the best he could. But he's going to have to use that in the future. Oh, definitely, Yaki. Yeah. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, let Joe Flacco be a reminder to you and yours. Strike early. Strike now. While the iron's still hot. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.